in crazy news, so I always feel like there's a follow-up to a previous story. Mm -hmm. So remember last week when we talked about Amazon giving out bananas? Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, they bought Whole Foods. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. Yeah, there's this there's this book, man. Uh, it's it's such a good one. It's one of the one of these like thriller type novels that really sucked me in. I, I think you'd actually like it, even though we talk about books a lot and you don't necessarily follow up on all of my all my wrecks. <laughs> books are lame. It's a uh, it's a book by an author named Neil Stevenson, who is a, a really well known science fiction cyberpunk writer. Maybe the biggest one that people know him from is a book called Snow Crash. One of the ones that I loved the most was a book called Cryptonomicon, which is actually about like World War two and cryptography which is a really crazy crazy good book but reem d is is a newer one that he wrote and uh it's it's got this really long complex plot but what i what i loved about it and i thought was a really interesting take was it's basically set in a world that's only a few years out from ours currently Mm -hmm. or it could even be today yeah but it's set in a world where an mmorpg like world of warcraft became so successful that just every single person in the world plays it and spends time there and it's this, it's this fantasy game called I think it's called Terrain and it just is this thing that just became so successful that there's not a single person that you would meet that doesn't have a character and so throughout the book as you're meeting these characters they all have this this secondary sense of self inside of the Terrain game and it's this thriller about these people that are stealing money and all that stuff but it kind of goes back and forth between the real world and the video game world because people are able to kind of go into their video game characters to make moves or or have communication that they wouldn't be able to have in real life. And it's a really interesting book. I liked it a lot. But the reason that I bring it up is because I just wonder if it'll sooner or later be the norm for people to hang out in a virtual world and like have experiences there. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. And I think we're closer to that than probably most people might think. I mean, look at look at how popular, you know, those games and those tournaments and over in like Asia and stuff like League of Legends. Yeah. Look at even you know, here in the States, Pokemon Go, Breath of the Wild. There's been these games that have like hit the peak, you know, hit the ceiling and pushed it up a little bit more. I think is very, you know, close uh, to happening. Yeah, I agree. And honestly, the sad thing is like our parents have to die. (laughs) It's super dark because they're so removed from like video games and like that kind of like tech stuff. Yeah. Like because our kids, I feel, you know, that's totally normal. Whereas I feel I grew up, you know, the Internet was new and like getting a computer was like, oh, my gosh, look at this thing. So our kids growing up with iPads and laptops and iPhones, it absolutely will happen, I think. I think that's a good point. That's a really interesting way of thinking about it, that sooner or later, every single person in the world will have played games in their childhood. So right now, there's this weird thing where video games have a very youthful, childlike nature to them. Because when I play a game, I remember being a kid. And when my parents see a game, they remember me being a kid. They don't remember being children. Exactly. But sooner or later, every single person person will just have the same shared experience of games as part of life. I wonder if that would have been true for people about movies or different forms of media that only existed after a certain period of time. Yeah, I literally am trying to think of that. Is it was it TV and radio? Is like that the last, you know, kind of wave of stuff? Yeah, there is probably a generation that wasn't
wasn't super keen on TV and thought that it was a weird, um, maybe not immature or childlike. A fad. But just a, just a weird thing that like wasn't worth time. And then sooner or later, that, that generation was no more. And now everyone just has their own perspective of TV's part of life. And no one really thinks of it as anything else. Did you see the gameplay trailer for Anthem? I've been hearing great things about it. Pretty cool, digging the vibe. It's very like Star Wars, Mass Effect, you know, Star Trek. Almost feels a little Firefly-y to me. Freelancer. Praxley. Listen, there's trouble. Big trouble. What did you do? Facial animation is my pet peeve. I feel like they're not there yet. Yeah, they're they're still bad. This is pretty good, but it still is like, that's a, that's a fake person. That's not a real dude. In the world of Anthem, you and your friends are freelancers, the heroes who leave the safety of the walls of Fort Tarsus to explore the unknown and protect humanity. Oh, so this is, oh, this is crazy. What? Hey, Paul. You ready to go? I'm just grabbing some supplies. Just about ready. What are you going to use today? I decided to go with the Colossus. I'm going to use my Ranger. Try out some new upgrades. So this is like Titanfall light. Destiny plus Titanfall. Yes, that's what it is. Plus Mass Effect. Plus Mass Effect. Which, those are all pretty good. This looks visually like, this is beautiful. This world is nuts. I hope this whole thing is explorable. Yeah, it seems like it is. You'll see in a second. You lead the way, I'll follow. Oh no. Oh my gosh. You're joking. <laughs> This looks so nice. Oh my gosh. Isn't this crazy? You're basically Iron Man. Yeah. But not limited to Marvel's like crappy villains. No. Man, this game looks nuts. Yeah, this is like a day one purchase. <laughs> yeah. This looks so crazy. Who's putting this out? So it's the team behind the Mass Effect series. <gasps> That's why. Yeah. So the original three, not the newest one. This is what I'm talking about is these games that, that kind of feel set up for, okay, I just finished my day at work. I want to hang out with my friends. Let's all get an anthem and go do a new mission which is sort of what destiny promised and i don't really know if it delivered it or not nah destiny sucked i didn't like it yeah i think i think part of that is just that it's it's challenging to have something like this where you have this massive world and you only have limited technical capabilities as technology gets better it's it's easier to have a, a world that feels this open and yeah this seems like we're, we're getting there so these are games that are meant to be lived in a little more than any other game has been before. And that just is a really interesting premise to me. Yeah, I absolutely am down with like these worlds that are not just open worlds for exploration's sake, but like truly uh, taking that Skyrim, you know, idea, taking that Breath of the Wild idea to like the nth degree and like, no, this is this, there's randomly generated stuff. There's these uh, creatures, people, environments that you can, like <laughs> the trailer ended and like they walked upon like this storm and my gosh yeah i wonder if that was like part of the story or if that was just a random like no there's stores on storms on this planet yeah exactly so part of why i think both of us love breath of the wild so much is because it just felt great to to live in this world and kind of see these semi-random occurrences happen with you in them and the ability for that to happen in a in a world that feels even bigger than Breath of the Wild with other people is tight. Yeah. It's the difference between like a Skyrim, I feel, you know, randomly generated events would have happened, but they were like 
out of five categories. Mm-hmm. Okay, they were a human instance, and they always play out this way. Yeah. Okay, they were a loot instance, and they always play out this way. Uh, Breath of the Wild, for the first time, was like, yes, there are categories, because we have to build this game, and <laughs> we have to launch it. Can't just, like, keep developing it. But it felt like these instances had sub-reactions, if that makes sense. Like, right. nuance to them that, like, yes, you're going to encounter one of five enemies, but because of the engine and the AI, I don't know what this guy's going to do. And if you drop this weapon, he's going to pick it up. And there's just so many variables that, like, it really did feel like, okay, the Bacoblins in this region were different from these Bacoblins. And not only just because visuals and, like, they changed the, like, the face paint of them, but I felt like in this area, they, you know, were a little bit more tame and docile, and you could dodge behind trees. Over here, it's a barren wasteland, and it's just desert, and they can spot you out, and they shoot arrows at you way faster. And, like, that level of detail, it feels freeing. It feels like you're connecting to a a real experience like it, it, it made me feel weird when I was playing Breath of the Wild because I would encounter something and I would get a feeling of ah oh, wait is this real <laughs> you're going through your regular life and you know someone cuts you off in traffic or someone surprises you uh, with a, a gift or something that surprise that that unknown was like recreated and that was like the first time that I felt like an eye-opening oh my gosh they they did it and it's still you know it's not perfect you have weird moments you have flukes but if anthem if destiny 2 all these games that are coming out are random but with nuance and subtlety man then i absolutely will jump into that world and play that and like hey man we're all gonna go into anthem and just play for you know the night or totally man i i welcome it because if it's <laughs> if it's uh like world of warcraft nah, i'll pass i'm excited for these i think they're gonna be really interesting yeah and i think that they do a good job of accidentally dealing with my biggest critique of video games which is these linear stories aren't very good to begin with because um even though i mean mass effect is actually a good example of a story done pretty well. I wouldn't say that it's maybe the, the the most high form of narrative that I've ever seen in the world, but it was really fun and compelling, and I felt the same way about the um, Knights of the Old Republic games. I don't know if you played those. The old. Oh, I love those. My gosh, those are some of my favorite games. Yeah, and Bioware is really good at creating characters that you care about and you're interested in and you have some sort of level of, of love for, uh, but at the same time, what games like Anthem are able to do is just bypass that by letting you create them yourselves, and that's really compelling to me. I don't know. I think I might prefer that because instead of having to invest myself in these characters that have this very linear narrative, uh, I can just make it up and you and me can just hang out and just live in this world and interact with some NPCs. Sure. But really it's just me hanging out with you. Now, would you, do you want that to be your only experience or would you want predominantly hanging out with other people and with a dash of some stories that, you know, this video game team has come up with, or do you want it just all interactions and no story? I think I like games like anthem that seemed to have a mix of both okay and i think that I, I heard that that was like a big critique of the original destiny game is that they had this thing called like the darkness yeah and it just became kind of catch-all for evil yeah that never really got fleshed out because they didn't even really know what it was exactly and so i guess they're like getting rid of that idea completely in the second game that they're making so i i love the idea of having some sort of compelling force but yeah i think that the less time you spend boxing yourself in the better off you are so 
if you and me are on our own journey, that journey will inherently be better than the linear journey that every single person has to take because that's the only way of going about it. The more freedom that you give characters, I think the better off you are. I agree, but then at the same time, I can't throw away my my experiences that I've had with games like Knights of the Old Republic or like the Mass Effect trilogy because those are some of the like sweetest memories I have in gaming. Yeah. Uh, like the, the 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 closing of Mass Effect Three. I know a lot of people disliked it. It made me emotional when like Commander Shepard is like walking, you know, the long battlefield and flashbacks of past uh, missions and whatever. I got like emotional. I got choked up. I was like, dang, this game is. I've really been with it through like all of these all these events. This is a real person. You know, obviously it's it's just pixels and bytes or whatever. But man, I care about this digital character. So having that memory and having, at least for me personally, being so burned by open world, do whatever you want, I, I feel nostalgic and I also feel like, I don't know if I want that to go away altogether. Did you see anything about this game called A Way Out? Because this to me is what narrative video games might look like in the future. What's your plan? Stay the hell away from me, okay? I heard the premise, and I would love to play this. Is it multiplayer, like online? Yeah, so it's required. You have to play it with another person. Oh, bro, let's do this. <laughs> let's play this game. I'm sure you have good reasons to bust out of here, but I need to get out of here, too. Yeah? Not my problem. Oh, dude, I dig this. This looks fun. Who made this? So it's, it's made by a guy who actually used to be a film director. Ah, see, now I like that, you know, you're dependent on the other player. But again, I would never play it with anyone. And I don't know if you can even help that, that I wouldn't trust like in the real world. Right. I would get so frustrated. Yeah. So this is a game. It's meant to actually be played like in couch co-op. Gotcha. Couch co-op. Okay. They've made it intentionally a split screen game. I think it might even be. I think it is. I believe it's split screen even when you're playing online. And it does these weird things like when one character has more of a prominent role. Um, I think there's just one scene where like one of the characters is talking to a prison guard and the other one's stuck in his cell and like the screen will will kind of change to a three quarters one quarter oh cool system so that you can always have control of both characters but it'll kind of say okay yeah you're just hanging out in your cell for right now but this is a game that is like clearly very 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 narrative heavy um but god it feels good in the way that it's narrative heavy and that's the thing that i think i'm upset about is that a lot of games feel narrative heavy but the narratives are bad so if you're gonna do it you have to do it well gotcha i understand and it does it well because the guy who's making this has made films before this. He also made a game called Brothers Tale of Two Sons, which is a really weird title to say out loud. <laughs> Brother Tale of Two Sons. That is what brothers are, uh, is two sons side by side. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so it, that, that game was the same kind of thing. I, I never played it, but I heard it was really, really incredible. It was a one-player game, but you kind of played two characters at the same time. It was these two young kids who are uh, kind of having to go through this really hard experience and make it out the other side. But but I don't know, it very clearly is dependent on narrative in a way that other games aren't. And I wish that it was better considered start to finish to make something really beautiful and profound. And this game seems like it's going to be that, which is cool. Yeah, I definitely would love to play that. That seems really great. So, Nintendo, which, you know... We like them. We love them. Yeah, they're good. Uh, send us free stuff, Nintendo. Yes, Nintendo. Um, we'll absolutely review every Switch game. Yes, send us all the Switches. Absolutely. So, I'm, I got kind of filled with a little bit of, not hate, because that's strong, but upsetness. Okay. <laughs> Disappointment. Disappointment. That's a thing. There we go. That's a word. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. <laughs> 
<laughs> a disappointment because, all right, seeing all the Switch releases, very excited. And this disappointment is almost like a little bit hollow. But the disappointment is the Wii U. What were they thinking? Trying to pass that off as a real system when in reality it was just a glorified tech demo. The Nintendo Switch feels like a finished thought, whereas the Wii U feels like some just demo, some uh, developer kit, like even the games. I don't know. They just had so many different ideas. And I feel like on the Nintendo Switch, they are being finished and polished. And so it, it just makes me, I wonder if they were forced to put out the Wii U or if they really thought it was a great piece of technology. But when you compare it to the Switch and the rollout for, you know, arms and like on the surface, it's like silly. It's just a fighting game. But then, you know, you play it and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so great. Uh, Mario Odyssey, granted, I'm a Mario junkie. I can't wait to purchase that game. Like I've already pre-ordered it on Amazon. I want it now. Uh, and then Zelda, you know, that was a, a knockout of the park. And then even like the idea of the potential Pokemon RPG and the uh, Pokemon tournament, all these different things that's like, yes, 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 finally. Even like stuff like the Sonic Mania and the Sonic Forces. And, and they're announcing a new Metroid game and they're coming out with Splatoon 2. All these things, it's like, finally, why did you try to pass off the Wii U? Yeah, the Wii U was definitely a missed opportunity because it just wasn't a fully... I, I think that that's a great way of saying it. The Switch feels like a fully finished thought. The Wii U felt like a, a concept that never really got what it deserved. And I, I agree with that. I mean, part of it was a technological problem. Nintendo just didn't really have the ability to make something like the Switch back then. Part of it was them riding on the coattails of the Wii's success. Yeah. Even the name, Wii U. Just saying, hey, it's a Wii, but it's also not a Wii, and it's also this new thing. <laughs> it's a Wii for you. <laughs> yeah. The screen was bad. It was, I mean, it's, it's so funny looking at the Wii U screen next to a Switch. The Switch is oh my gosh. a million times better and way smaller and thinner and lighter and better in every way. They feel like different companies made them. Yeah, it really does feel like two different companies made the two different devices. And that is a thing, is it feels like the Switch is a product of all of the lessons learned because of the Wii U. And I'm fine with that. That's okay with me. I think that I'm happy that they found success because it did feel like they were sort of on a uh, on a trend downwards. Absolutely. I mean, the 3DS is of course a, a smash success and every time they come out with a Pokemon game, they just start printing cash, essentially. <laughs> I bet the Pokemon just funds all their other ventures. Yeah, it kind of feels that way. But at the same time, they just the, the Wii U wasn't, wasn't what anyone wanted it to be. So the Switch is great, and I love that it seems like third parties are coming on board and starting to say, yeah, we want to support this with our own games. That's going to make all the difference, because there'll actually be stuff to play for it. Yeah. Speaking of Mario, I mean, Mario, man, what a what a game. It just seems like that is going to be the, the second coming of Breath of the Wild in terms of scope and scale and bringing something new to the table. Did you pay attention to it? Man, it looks so great. You know, I didn't see that coming, but what a cool concept. And it's cheese ball. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, you're the hat controls everything. But then I saw a gameplay where some guy who was demonstrating controlled a bullet, who controlled a fireball, who controlled like the electricity in a power line. And I was just like, yes. Super Mario 64, it really, you know, broke ground. Sunshine, you know, whatever, it was fine. But then Mario Galaxy did this crazy thing where it like not only up and down, but you know, forward and back and kind of on an angle and side to side. and Every axis. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I felt like Mario Galaxy was uh, like the true successor to 64. And then they came out with Mario Galaxy 2 and that was good, but it was just, it felt like an expansion. It didn't feel like a new game. And now this feels like, yes, Nintendo, you, you mess up so many times. You do so many weird things. You have weird campaigns. But the one thing that I feel like they know is Mario 
and my gosh, this looks so fun. Yeah. Like, I, I look forward to just, like, throwing hours and hours and not sleeping and just, you know, getting all the stars and getting full accomplishments and all that, like, oh, my gosh, it looks so good. Yeah. Dude, did you see this? Look at this. We're going to take a little slow wander here. Well, Seems a little precarious now. Uh, just, just a touch, but you can hear little footsteps in the grass. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah, the scope and the scale really. Oh, I got some coins. Some coins right. to just... Ah. Ah. Oh, I regret my decisions that I made a mistake. <laughs> or did I? Oh. oh, there's a world underground. <gasps> oh, <laughs> there it is. Ah, oh, see, man, that's that. That seems so simple. And it's like, why wouldn't they have done that before? But my gosh, that feels, geez, props to Nintendo. Do you see what he controls? We've got super creepy, creepy dark forest everything's terrifying and, and then, then we a have weirdly a happy cartoony tree, tree. <laughs> this is a very happy little tree that tree definitely seems out of place from it the does. rest of the trees this is one thing this game has taught me is as soon as something's out of place you throw your hat at it mightiest capture <laughs> mario Target. the tree i am the most mighty of trees and i can't do much but i can do this the <laughs> little hopping little motion butt. gets me every time so i'm the noise too just <laughs> Doing my little tree dance. Basically what a tree would sound like if it was hopping, I'm pretty sure. This game is so trippy. So yeah, that's the fun of this game to me, is that in the same way that the difference between previous Zelda games and Breath of the Wild was that it changed the scale radically, not just for Zelda, but for all games. It changed the way that I think about Skyrim. It changed the way that I think about any open world game, because if I can't climb it now, I'm upset. Yeah, Skyrim feels like so small. Yeah, exactly. And now with Mario, they're changing the way that we think about open world platformers because when, when I see something going off into the sky I would usually think that I would die but this game is really encouraging exploration in a way that I've never seen before and I'm super excited by that and also a small little nerdy thing that I'm appreciating about this new Mario game so in past games and I don't know if it's I, I haven't seen like obviously I haven't played the game but I hated when you got a star it would bring you back to like the hub world yeah and you would have to you know trek through that whole place all over again if you were at a peak and you could get two stars stars and you got one you would have to trek up that whole mountain again to get the other star where this one when you're getting like moon pieces you get it and you keep on moving and it's like yes just let me keep playing the game just let me keep exploring just let me you know keep on moving i really like that yeah me too dude um speaking of weird nintendo stuff check this out I wasn't always a game developer. I actually started out as an artist and did images that are in manuals. One day I had a manual that didn't have instructions for what should be in it. So I went to check with the development team and the next thing I knew, I was working on a Zelda game. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's how this guy became a developer at Nintendo for Zelda? <laughs> wow. In case you're interested in becoming a developer on the next Zelda game, Ben, you too can do it. Just start drawing some art for them. <laughs> I just got to go work at Nintendo. That's so awesome. <laughs> Yeah. All right. There's there's one more game that I want to show you that I'm excited for you to see if you haven't seen it. Did you hear about The Last Night? The Last Night? No, I did not. Oh, my dude. Okay. Watch this immediately. Give this your heart. interesting wait what
joking. How crazy is that look? Wait, what? I need to rewatch the beginning part because I was not looking at it through the lens of everything is pixels. <laughs> Isn't that wild looking? Yeah, it's like a weird mix between like three different art styles, it feels like to me, you know? It's weird. Oh my gosh. This is so beautiful. It really kind of felt like Ben Ben Lopez the game. So it's like this weird cyberpunky game that has this sci-fi futuristic. Yeah, it feels very fifth element, Blade Runner feel. It has uh, lots of neon and lights and different languages and different places. And oh, it just looks really cool. I love the look of it. <laughs> it's so sick. One of the things that he said is really cool. So it seems like it's kind of a adventure game where you have to make your own way in the world. Oh, cool. And one of the, the things that I noted about the game that I thought was really cool is apparently every character, every NPC in the game will have a persistent memory. So whatever you do to that character or characters associated with that character, that character will remember forever. So if you rob somebody or mess with somebody and then you have to come back to them at, at a later date, they will remember what you did. Uh, so how kind you are or how mean you are has a huge ramification on your relationships inside of the game. Oh, that's crazy. I'm really interested in, in playing this whenever it comes out. Oh my gosh. There was a game in the early 90s that had a had a similar feel to it and he said that he was just heavily inspired by early 90s games when it comes to this one and I think it's really cool to see those kinds of games get updated. My gosh, this looks so crazy. Wow. I have a, a game related link. Can I give it to you? Do it. Have you ever heard of a show called Nirvana the Band? The show? <laughs> no. Okay, well, you're about to. Matt! Yeah? Update day! What? New Wii, new Wii titles! What? I'm in the bathroom. Update day for the Wii Shopping Channel! I love that grooving. What kind of music is that? Like a bossa nova beat? Makes me really want to just croon it. This is such a danceable song. You know what we should do? We should, we should write a song for our act with um, titles of Wii games. Oh, I like it. I like it. Because everybody knows about the Wii Shopping Channel, yeah. and everybody loves to shop on it every Wednesday. So what we'll do is we'll write a theme song for the Wii Shopping Channel. Look, watch this. Watch, it, you, watch this. Watch this. You can sing to the titles of the... Super Mario RPG. Super Mario 3. Mega Man, Neo, Turf Masters, Breaking Star. You know what I mean, Jared? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like every star. You say the lyrics of the. Let me try. Let me try one. Let me try one. Let me try. Super Mario RPG, Sonic the Hedgehog, Donkey Kong 3, Adventures of Lolo 1 and 2, King's Knight, Dig Dug, Juman Fu. Harvest Moon. You write this song? Link Puzzle Pokemon. Toe Jam and Earl in Panic on Funkotron. Castlevania, Fatal Fury, Ninja, Chuchu, Mario, Comet, Razor Blazing, Lasers, Basis, Loaded, Mega, Turukon, Cybernator, Rolling Thunder, Dynastic Hero, Bubble, Bobble, Double, Triple, Double, Dragon, F-Zero. I get it. You memorize the song. F-Zero X. And Donkey Kong Jr. Math. Ninja Gaiden 1. Ninja Gaiden 2. Ninja Gaiden 3. Cruising USA. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> So That's so weird. I've watched that like five times today. <laughs> oh, it's so good.
Cruising USA.